You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to In for the Life, the podcast. This is episode 240 called Heather Passaro. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by First Response. First Response is fervently committed to supporting, sharing, and empowering all pregnancy journeys. They're passionate about providing accurate information, especially to those struggling with infertility, the loss of a baby, and maternal health inequities. First Response knows that when testing for pregnancy, you want to be sure of your results. That's why they created Comfort Check, a pregnancy test kit that helps you test confidently and conveniently. The First Response Comfort Check Pregnancy Test Kit is a value pack containing eight total tests, three First Response Early Result Tests, and five First Response Pregnancy Test Strips, allowing women to test early and often for added reassurance. First Response's Early Result Test, included in the Comfort Check Kit, is their number one best-selling pregnancy test. It detects all major forms of the pregnancy hormone commonly found in urine and is over 99% accurate from the day of your expected period with results ready to be read in just three minutes. The First Response Comfort Check Pregnancy Test Kit is available for purchase in-store and online. Be sure to pick one up today. Thanks, First Response. All right, guys. So my guest today is so interesting and cool. Her name is Heather. She is 47 years old and she is pregnant with her first child via embryo adoption. So she is going to tell us all about how she got to where she is today, everything she and her husband went through, including IUIs, ICSI, IVF, thinking that IVF was a guarantee like so many of us do, and so much more. She's also going to tell us how she had never heard of embryo adoption before, how she wishes she did at the beginning of her journey. She said she would have done this years ago had she known. So hoping to spread the word about embryo adoption as well. And you know, if you're listening to this and you didn't know that that was an option, it is. So listen to this episode and then look into it because it's a very cool thing and another way to pivot if you're going through this and have kind of exhausted some other options. So thank you so much to Heather. Without further ado, this is Heather's infertility story. Hi, Heather. How are you today? How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for doing this. Let's give our spoiler alert right off the top. You are currently pregnant, right? 
I am six months pregnant, which is some days I'm not going to lie. I kind of have to remind myself and look down like this really did happen <laughs> because it's been a long journey that I never thought would ever happen. And now it's happened. And I have to constantly remind myself like this really worked and you're really having a baby. <laughs> okay. So can you share with us how old you are right now? Yes, I can. I am 47 and pregnant. Um, Amazing. I love this. Okay. So let's get into it. Like you could, we met at an event and you came up to me and we're talking about my podcast. And then you're, you said, I'm 47 and I'm pregnant. And I was like, (laughs) amazing. And you said, I'd love to share my story. So let's just start from the beginning. I always love to ask, did you always want to be a mom? You know what? Yes and no. I know that sounds a little strange here, but I think that I met my husband when I was 35. We got married at 36. I want to say at like, you know, you never really know that there's going to be a problem. You're like, oh, oh nobody seven. Yeah, well, nobody ever thinks it's going to yeah. happen to them, right? Exactly. You never think it's going to happen to you. And so we got married. I was 36. My husband is four years younger than me. Um, And I was like, well, you know, I just want to, I'm finally married. I want to take time and just enjoy being married. So I think it wasn't until about 38 that we started trying and we were like, ooh, you know, two months goes by, no luck. Three months goes by, no luck. Six months. Hmm. Let's go see the fertility doctor. Mm -hmm. And, And you get like this sort of crazy awakening that you're like, but I'm only 38. And they're like, yeah, and that's old. And you're like, oh, okay. Yes. Wait, let's dig into that a little bit. Heather, did you know anything about your fertility or like how, as you got older, it was going to be harder? You know, the reason I I ask is because I really didn't know any of that when I was. I didn't know any of that either. And look, I got my, I got my period when I was 14 or 15. I've had regular periods my whole life. I've had not a single issue. I was never had endometriosis. I never had any problems whatsoever. So I didn't think getting pregnant was going to be a problem. And I guess I was just completely clueless that, you know, you really should start trying to have a baby at 30. I mean, at 30, I couldn't even figure out what I was doing with my life, Mm -hmm. having another life. So I, I I didn't think it was going to be a problem. So from 38 to 40, we really started getting heavy, heavy involved in fertility. Okay. I, How did it, you find your doctor, first of all? Like, was it recommended from a friend or? Well, let's put it this way. Which doctor? <laughs> okay. So for the I first, to, when you first I, went to a specialist, how did you figure out who to go to? Um, I went, I called my insurance company because I had fertility benefits. Okay. First thing I did, um, I called and I asked them who was in network, what were my fertility benefits, and they sent me to RMA. Um, and I went to RMA, and um, we did several IUIs. And then, you know, it's look being totally honest, you get an answer that you don't want to hear. So what you do or what I did. I just went to another doctor. Mm, <laughs> I like okay, doctor so the telling me the IUIs weren't working, and what were they no. saying was happening? Well, that's the problem: is they weren't saying enough. They weren't mm. telling me what was wrong. They weren't telling me what the issue was. So, mm-hmm. 
I didn't like that I was I wasn't getting answers and you know them just telling me well you're 38 I'm like yeah but plenty of plenty of other women have gotten pregnant at 38 I mm-hmm. I don't think I'm you know 100 so then I went on to another fertility clinic and at that fertility clinic I did endless IUIs and they convinced me eventually to do IVF so now I was moving into the big time and okay I IVF so with the IUIs, you you know, you do one and then didn't work out. What was it? What was happening to you guys like as a couple and behind the scenes? Like, were you feeling depressed and down? Can we talk about all that? Like this, you know, uh, takes a uh, real toll. I, it, it's funny. It's back then. I still thought it was going to, everything was going to work. It was going to work. I didn't, I didn't for a moment get too upset when the IUIs didn't work because in my mind, I thought, well, IVF is going to save the day, right? We're going to, we're going big time now. No more IUIs. We're going, we're doing IVF. And to be honest with you, I never really thought that IVF didn't work. I mean, I was obviously very naive. Um, I thought IVF, that's going to work for us. No problem. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. IVF was a guarantee. I thought yeah. going to go in. Um, and also, my first round of IVF was going to be covered by my insurance. So I thought this is definitely going to work, right? Because if it doesn't work, well, we don't have $20,000 to do another round of IVF. Mm -hmm. So I went in for my first IVF and, you know, doing the injections is something that never gets easy, (laughs) but I, you know, got shown everything, how to do it all and leading up to it and all of that. And so I was doing the shots and going in for my monitoring. And I could tell that the doctor was starting to get concerned that I had seven follicles, which for those that don't know exactly what that means, that means it's it's an egg that is considered a follicle before it totally develops. Mm-hmm. And um, when you do an IVF, they, you know, it, a 20 year old woman, when they do an IVF will hopefully get something like 20 follicles. Well, I was 38 and I had seven, which would be plenty enough for me. And I had one follicle grow too fast, too big. And they then could not do an egg retrieval, follicle egg retrieval, so I, I was going to have to then be switched to an IUI again, um, which is that's that's when being let down, depression and everything kind of started. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? This is not supposed to happen like this. Like, yeah. No. What did that look like for you? Like, what were you what was going on in your life? You know, my husband and I, we were we just we never prepared ourselves that this wouldn't work. This was something that was guaranteed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there is no reason why this, how is this happening to us is what we kept saying. How is this happening to us? We don't understand this. So this episode is brought to you by Vegamore. I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I am able to have noticeably thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. 
every cute pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Okay, so I got my box of Vegamore products and I've been using them all for the past month. The shampoo, the conditioner, the grow hair serum, the hair foam, the eyelash serum, the eyebrow serum. It's been about a month, like I said, and my hair really does feel stronger and thicker. Everything looks better. And the shampoo in particular, I have to say, smells really good. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily and my hair and scalp are feeling better than ever. Here's another cool thing. Vegamore has these great value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a time at great savings. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products that you need. And fun fact, guys, Vegamore sells one bottle of the Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. So here is the deal, my beautiful listeners. For a limited time, you can get 20% off your first order by going to vegamore.com slash infertileaf and using code infertileaf at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash infertileaf, code infertileaf to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash infertileaf, code infertileaf. Thanks, Vegamore. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Basically, the uh, the IVF that got transferred into an IUI was unsuccessful. So I gave up for a while and I said, you know what? This is too much stress. This is too much stress on you and I. Let's just go back to doing things the way we're supposed to do things and just have a lot of sex. <laughs> um, and that did not work out either. So we somehow scraped up more money to do another IVF. I, I Looking back at this now, I'm like, what were we thinking? Mm-hmm. But we did it. We did it. We applied for a few grants and we were able to get funding through Columbia University and um, do another IVF. So we're in it again. We're doing another IVF. We do another IVF. They retrieve five eggs. I got to the point of retrieval, which was very exciting. And I was like, this is it. And the eggs and the sperm, we did ICSI. Um, Mm -hmm. The eggs did not develop into embryos fast enough. Mm -hmm. So that that was kind of it. Now, after that one, that was a doozy to deal with. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Because this story has a very happy ending. Um, And so that's when depression really hit. I went into a very, very dark place. I had to be put on Lexapro. Okay. God bless Lexapro. That's okay. I'm a big fan of all the SSRIs. Yes. 
listen, for anybody else who's out there on it or, or is going through the same thing, um, Lexapro helped me just catch my breath and say to myself, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is what's going on. I have an amazing life with or without a child. I have an amazing husband and maybe this isn't the path for us. Maybe this isn't supposed to be. Okay. Um, meaning like having children at all. Meaning like having children at all. And, you know, maybe adoption was the best answer. And I was going to catch my breath and I was going to go into that next sort of path of let's look into adoption and whatnot. So I want to say at that point, I was almost turning 40 or I was 40. And I said, that's it. We're we're not doing any more IVFs. We're not doing any more IUIs. I'm done. And my husband agreed with me. And then we, you just keep getting here. People just keep telling you stories and they're like, oh, but you have to see this doctor. You have right. to see this doctor. This is a miracle worker. This yes. one is the one. Yeah. Yes. Did you get a lot of like unsolicited advice at the time? All the time. Because the thing is, is that, listen, women, we do want to just help other women, right? And we -hmm. we want everybody to to get pregnant and have babies and go through all the things that women get to go through. And Mm -hmm. I know everybody came from a very good place and giving me all these suggestions. You know, I went to an acupuncturist. Um, I went to this herbal person. Oh, yeah. Uh, then went to go see a doctor by the name of Dr. Sammy David in Manhattan who didn't take insurance. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that everybody went to and got pregnant. And I was like, right. well, I need to go and see this guy, right? How did that go? I didn't get pregnant. Okay. <laughs> I did not get pregnant. And now I think I was probably 40 Holy moly. I think I was about 43 at this point. Okay. Um, and my husband and I decided, okay, we're going to think about adoption now. We are really going to think about adoption seriously, you know, and and what those steps are and what that looks like. Because that's even more scary world because then you hear about these crazy stories where people go through adoptions And they basically help pay for a birth mother and the child. And then the birth mother just says, yeah, I've decided I don't want to give my child up for adoption. So there was like this whole other set of problems, right? Right. Depending on what state you're in with adoption, there's a, you know, there's some time where the birth mother has 48 hours, for example, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter to decide, which I understand. But as the intended parent, that is so... Oh. Nerve wracking. I mean, uh, that's the understatement of the world. But yeah, it's I, I get it. It's just like that that weird no man's land where you're uh, not sure yeah. if it's actually going to happen or not. Yeah. So I then so that was around 43. 44, we decided to move forward with a adoption agency. And and then <laughs> of course the wonderful thing called COVID happened. <laughs> mm. How did you find the agency, first of all? I'm sorry? How did you find your adoption agency? Oh, I had heard, I, I had a friend who um, who she also adopted and she used this agency and she said they were amazing. They were great. And 
I said, well, okay, I know nothing about agency, adoption agencies, so I'm going to go with them. And I can't really say I was that happy with them because I feel as though they took a lot of money from us and I never heard of, never heard from them really. I, I never got calls. I never got, well, we have a birth mother and here's the criteria. It, it just wasn't enough. Wow. However, the 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 saving grace or the end the the light at the end of the tunnel was you have to have a home study performed when you are adopting. Mm-hmm. And um I had a home study done and my social worker who to this day is still one of my very good friends she just cared about me and my husband so much that she was you know three years into adoption, she would call me every six months or so and say, don't give up. Don't give up. Your baby's out there. Don't give up. And, you know, after three years, you're like, no, I'm thinking about getting another dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's working. However, lo and behold, I want to say that August of last year, August of Mm -hmm. 2022, I found out about something called embryosolution.com. I was very hesitant about this because I've already, you know, between spending money on and I, because you just start to spend money. Like you're like, well, I'll make more. I can just afford this. I can afford this. And that really wasn't kind of happening. Right. Um, So my husband and I looked into this embryo.com, embryosolution.com. And it was highly recommended by my social worker. Okay. And I trusted her immensely. Like I didn't Uh think I was just going somewhere random, you know, on the dark web. Although we were getting to a point that we would have gone on the dark web to get a baby. (laughs) I mean, I would have done anything. I would have too. That is here. We would have done anything. Yeah. So I had a phone call with Elena from Embryo Solution. And okay, so tell tell us what Embryo Solution is okay, for those of us so who don't know. Let's talk about Embryo Solution. So Embryo Solution is an embryo adoption uh, site. And what they basically do is families who have had their babies through IVF and have frozen their eggs and fertilized their eggs and all of that, and now have something called embryos. Mm -hmm. Um, They've had all the children that they would like. They don't want to destroy the embryos. And they give people like my husband and I an opportunity to have a baby of our own, which, you know, it's, it's not your egg. It's not your sperm biologically, but they take the embryo and they put it inside of you and the baby grows. And it's just like you carried your own child for nine months. Not just like you do, you do carry your child for nine months. And I was very scared about costs uh, because, you know, we were at ridiculous amounts of money as it was. Yeah. And I can't begin to tell you how this was a fraction of the cost. Can you share with us like details uh, on the cost? If, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. Anybody out there who has done this before knows that just one round of IVF can cost anywhere from 12 to $17,000. Right. Um, adoption agency. My adoption agency was $10,000 and nothing. 
you know, these costs get added up. So $5,000 to adopt an embryo. Right. Like, oh my gosh, that's like nothing. Okay. So a couple of questions before you move on. Sorry. What did that $5,000 cover? And also I want to talk about the process of moving on, pivoting to embryo, you know, adoption. And was that hard for you guys to take that next step? Uh, You know, some people grieve their genetics. Obviously this isn't going to be genetically related to you. Um, I mean, we could talk about epigenetics and all that, which I do believe in, but that's a separate conversation. So tell me about those two, two parts, first the cost, and then just the, you know, switching to this phase. So the cost was roughly was $5,000. Um, and with that $5,000 be also comes along with the agency matching me and my husband up with another family that was a good match for us. Right. Um, ultimately the family that is donating the embryo, they have the say who they want to donate the embryo to. Mm-hmm. However, there are still some more added extra costs. Um, you have to hire your own lawyer, a fertility lawyer, to make sure that you know you have a contract with this family and that all of your needs and wants are you know going to be in a contract. So that's you know that's a little extra added cost. And also, before you can move further in any of this, you have to go to your doctor and you have to get um, a medical release saying that it's very possible for you to carry a child. Um, I don't think that families who have embryos want to just give away embryos to somebody who can't really carry a child unless they're medically approved by a doctor. Um, so that that was the first step in which we got approved for that. Um, so I was approved medically to move forward with the whole process. Then after that, my husband and I made a book, which we already had a book made because we were already going to move forward with just a regular adoption. And we were home study approved. So we had that, you know, we were, we were approved through all those channels to regularly adopt a child. I did not have any sort of feelings of, well, this child isn't going to biologically be mine because I already gave that up already a long time ago. I was actually more excited that I was going to be able to carry this child. So Yes, maybe it's not my egg and maybe it's not my husband's sperm. And maybe the child is not going to be identically looking like us. But I carried that baby for nine months and I was just thrilled about that because the other thing you go through with regular adoption is that the birth mother, you have to constantly worry about are they taking drugs? Are they drinking? Are they going to their doctor's appointments? And now that control was given back to me. I was going to be able to, you know, be the one to say, you know, I'm obviously not going to drink. I'm obviously not going to smoke. And I'm obviously going to do everything in my best ability to have healthy pregnancy. So I didn't go through that, that maybe some other women might go through that they say, well, biologically, this child isn't mine. Mm -hmm. I I didn't have those feelings. If anything, 
I wish I would have known about embryo adoption years ago because mm-hmm. I would I would have done this years ago. I wouldn't have waited until I'm 47. But mm-hmm. but you know, things happen when they're supposed to happen, I believe. So, you know, even though I wish I did this earlier, that wasn't my time. This is my time now. This is when mm-hmm. it was supposed to happen to me. So I feel as though. I got this incredible opportunity and whenever it came around, I'm just going to take it. Yep. I do have times, don't get me wrong. I do have times of, you know, doing the math and going, wow. So when my son is 10, I'm going to be 57. Like, right. I think that with my little guy too, because, you know, I had him when I was 41. Okay. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm like at the college parents right. weekend, they're going to yeah. be like, why is your grandma here? <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, it's I not that old, all of but that too. yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that. I thought about dropping um, my child off at kindergarten and being like, oh, your grandma's here. And I'm like, oh God, I know. But you know what? this is my story. This is my path. This is what I wanted. And, you know, if anything, it makes you store, sort of think about your own mortality and think about, well, I better do a lot more than I have been to keep this life going now that I'm going to have a little person in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, if I had the chance to do it all over again, yes, I probably would have done this. Um, years ago, if I if I would have known about it, I never even heard of embryo adoption. FYI. Right? Can we talk a little bit more about the process? So, how did you actually sync up with the people that did you know you did end up working with? So basically, Elena from Embryo Solution, she takes our sort of portfolio or book, as you want to call it, about my husband and I, and she sends that to families that are looking for the same sort of people to 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 donate their embryo like what they are looking for and we share the same wants and needs and i was i i was very adamant about the fact that i wanted to have an open relationship because some people have closed adoptions and that's it you have no information about you know anything moving forward um and I just thought, well, God forbid something happens with my child. If I don't know the health history, I want to be able to like have an open relationship. So literally, I mean, you know, it's, it's just kind of crazy the way this works is that fact that you, I've waited years for a regular adoption with a birth mother within two weeks, two weeks, I was medically approved. I found my fertility doctor. Um, sheer fertility in Manhattan. God love them. They were Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. Um, I found my doctor. I found, I did all my tests. I did everything. And within two weeks, Elena had a family for us, which I I couldn't believe. How did it feel when you got that call? Well, I'll tell you what's really, it was, it was shocking that it was like a call. And then it's even more shocking that she sends you the profile on the family. So I saw pictures of the kids. I saw pictures of the parents. I got to read, got to read 
every single medical detail that anybody could want to know, you know, um, you know, there was no alcoholism in the family. There was no drug use. Um, the biological mother had, you know, no history of this in her family. No, So you got like a, a perfect medical history on both people. You got to see the, the, their children, which is just crazy knowing that this is going to be my child's sibling. Um which that takes a long time to digest, but we'll we'll get back into that. And it was it just seemed like a perfect match for us from the very beginning. Also, the other thing that we were very excited about was they share the same nationality as my husband and I. So the biological mother was Swiss and German. My husband is Swiss and German. Wow. And the biological father was Irish and British. And I'm British and Italian. So we make this. Wow. Everybody's got a little Italian in them. So we'll just put a little yeah. Italian in our child. It'll be fine. Um, so we just knew it was a go. And they were also open to open adoption, meaning that we could contact them and we could ask questions. And twice a year, we will send them an update and pictures of our baby and all of that. And at 21, our child has the option to meet its other siblings. Okay. We have made a decision that we will be open and honest with our child from day one, that we are your mother and father. However, biologically, you, you know, I don't know how we're going to phrase it yet. I haven't gotten there yet, but we will be open and honest from day one about this. Um, because it's important. I, I don't think that's fair for a child to find out at later on in life that biologically that they're not yours or something. And also that's to me, that's just making it seem like there's something wrong with that. And I don't think that, that there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that so that happened within the first two weeks that we had we started moving forward. Okay. Then, then you unfortunately have the whole lawyer conversation and your lawyers have to come up with a contract, which look, it, it, it was fine. And then I think two or three months later, cause it takes a while to get your body prepped for all of this. Mm -hmm. um, and what did that prep entail? Like, what was the protocol for the transfer that you were going to have? Like, was it different so it, than when you were doing, you know, IVF fully? Like, it was, it was basically kind of like an IVF. Um, I was giving myself injections every day. However, I was not giving myself injections in order to produce more follicles, right? Because I'm just giving myself injections to make my uterus sort of like a warm, fuzzy environment for another embryo to live in. That was, that was longer, way longer than IVF. That was almost three and a half weeks that we had to do um, just prepping the uterus and all of this stuff to, uh, to to make sure that my uterus lining was thicker. I also consulted um, one of my old acupuncturists and she told me to not eat raw foods. And, you know, this was my chance again. And I was doing everything everybody told me to do sleep with socks on, keep your feet warm, don't mm -hmm. eat cold vegetables, don't eat anything raw, don't drink anything uh, cold. I, right. I, 
I listened to everybody. Let's put it that way. Sure. And so I did about three weeks of injections, which really wasn't a big deal because this was different this time, right? Like I was still nervous that was it going to work, but I had a better chance at this working than anything before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went in for the embryo uh, implantation, which was basically just like an IUI, but so much cooler because on the screen, you could see them transfer the embryo in this tube into your uterus and you're awake. It's, it's, it's not a painful process whatsoever. You are laying there as you would at the gynecologist, except there's a screen, there's, they have a a sonogram on your stomach. So you can see the tube being inserted and then the embryo coming through the tube and kind of sticking. And, um, it was, that was just amazing. And then, you know, for the next 10 days after that, you are just praying and hoping and wishing, let this embryo, like, let it stick, baby, stick. Absolutely. Um, And uh, it stuck. (laughs) It stuck. So did you do any early testing or did you wait to go in for your beta or how did you find out that? I, I went in, I waited and went in for my beta. I went in for my beta. Um, because... I knew I would get myself too crazy, which is only like 10 days later, which are the longest 10 days of your life, obviously. Even women going through IVF know that, that, you know, waiting those 10 days and you're like, oh my God, did it work? Did it not work? I don't know. Do I feel something? Is my smile heightened? Like, you're like, are my boobs sore? Am I cramping? Like, what are the, you know, you start to symptom spot. And then were you like going online and comparing yourself or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, yes. I was comparing myself. I was you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, do things smell different? I don't know. I think they smell different. Do you smell that? And I kept saying to my husband, do you smell that? And he's like, no. And I was like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, take a deep breath. Let's let's not do this. And I was like, I know, I know. I also went in and did more acupuncture because they say that the acupuncture, you want to draw the blood to the uterus. Um, So I did more acupuncture. Um, And then And then I started having some weird sort of symptoms that I was like, hmm, this feels a little strange. And then my beta test, beta blood work was the next day. And I went in and I I had my blood work done. And I think it was like six, seven hours later. I can't remember. They called me and told me I was pregnant. And I mean, (laughs) like, it's just so mind blowing that it was, it's been over a 10 year journey. And that one person calling you on the phone and is like, congratulations, your pregnancy test is positive. You're like, oh my God, did you really just utter those words? Like this really worked. One phone call that changes your life. Oh my God, changes your life. I'll never forget where I was. I'll never forget what I was doing. Like I will never forget any of it. And, uh, you know, they said, but listen, you know, we're still in the beginning stage. I was like, listen, I'll take the beginning stage of everything right now. Um, I said, okay. And they said, now you, I had to go back like two days later or three days later for another blood work to really confirm everything. And I went back and everything was confirmed. Um, and then I went back, I'm still at the fertility. You're still at the fertility clinic for all of this. 
And then I went back to the fertility clinic and they did the first sonogram and you just kind of, there's no heartbeat yet. There's no nothing. You're just Mm -hmm. like, there's like this little avocado in there and you don't know what you're looking at, but you're just like, but that's real. Like that, (laughs) like that's really in there. So, so yeah, it was just, it was, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing to me, and this will never get old, is the sense that you could take an embryo and put it inside of a woman and it will grow, whether it's her embryo or it's not her embryo. It's so cool. Science is amazing. (laughs) Science is amazing. And it's, I feel like it's still IVF and the whole process and this whole field is still so young, right? It's only 40 something years old, young 40s. So think about all the, like all the advancements that are going to take place, you know, in the future too. It's just very cool to think about. I just hope it becomes easier and easier for more women like me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hope that more and more women find out about embryo adoption um, that I never knew about it. But what I did want to say also was going through all of this, I I do live in New York um, or New York, New Jersey, um, I found out that surrogacy, surrogacy was only legal in New York state only about three years ago. I know I went to Albany to help like talk about that and to lobby for it. And yeah. So tell me about the pregnancy thus far. I know that, you know, it's, did you have any like anxiety or was it kind of like once you got pregnant, then you felt like, okay, this is happening. Once I hit the 12 week mark, I was like, this is happening because you're still so nervous about everything. Um, Once we hit the 12 12 week mark um, and we found out that in our scan, everything looked good. The baby did not have any sort, didn't have any issues whatsoever. Then we were like, really like we could calm down and like, catch our breaths a little bit and we weren't holding our breath, so to speak. I, it, it felt great, but I will tell you this. N- nobody gives you the cliff notes on pregnancy until you're pregnant <laughs> because I have had very strange ailments. I mean, real strange ailments. One day I broke out in a rash, was gone the next day. One day I had like, my lymph nodes were swollen. They were gone the next day. I've called my poor doctor every time something strange happens. And he's like, yeah. Welcome to being pregnant. <laughs> yeah. What are some of them? Can you give some examples? Oh, the, the lymph nodes in my armpits were really something because I felt like I just had golf balls in my armpits. And of course, I asked every single one of my friends who have had multiple children. They were like, yeah, no, I never had that one. And I was mm. like, oh, good. Acid reflux. That's a fun one. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a real fun one. I've mm-hmm. never Never had acid reflux my whole life. Thank you. Um, until recently, I basically can't eat anything with tomatoes because it just acid reflux right back. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I'm six months, I am starting to find it a little bit hard getting in and out of bed, um, putting shoes on. Oh, and the other thing that's just so crazy is going to actually put on maternity clothes. I mean, it's just so strange. Mm-hmm. And- And you try to tell yourself, like, you're really excited that you're wearing maternity clothes because you're like, I've done this. It's worked. I'm I'm pregnant. But you also want to, like, fight yourself on it where you're like, I could still fit in this kind of, you know. Right. 
and you're like trying to suck yourself into the shirt and it's just not working. Totally. And you, I still have a maternity skirt from when I was pregnant with ever who is about to turn 14. Oh my God. And I still wear it (laughs) because it was like a fold over top, like from like the gap or something like that. And oh, yeah. it's so funny. Every time I put it on, I'm like, this is a maternity skirt. I'm like, Doesn't matter. It's, it's, so anything that's loose around the stomach and folds over, you can wear that. Right. So yeah. And, and now we're getting, you know, <laughs> now we're getting to really thinking about like birth. Oh, hi birth. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's happening, which I mean, I, I, I I'm, I don't want to say I'm terrified, but I'm slightly terrified because you know that it's got to happen. But I almost don't want to know too many of the details. Like, right. I just want to show up at the hospital and just like take it out. <laughs> just get him out. Don't don't tell me too much about it. Just let's let's get this done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's crazy how you go from one path to another. And these the nine these nine months, although I'm only at six, it right. something different. Right. Can we circle back? You mentioned the siblings thing and how, you know, when your child is 21, being able to contact if possible. Now, but you said, you know, you wanted to talk a little bit more about your thoughts on that. Like what's yeah. your can so, you tell me a little bit more about that? And I'm glad you brought it up because um I should also give some more information about this. So the family that donated our embryos to us. And I say embryos, we have two embryos. Okay. Um, We had a, we have a boy, which we have implanted and I have a female embryo, um, on, uh, uh, why is the word escaping me? Frozen. (laughs) On ice. (laughs) On ice. I wanted to say on ice, but I was like, "Hmm." um, female embryo on ice. Look, I don't know if I'm getting around to having another child, but I love having the option, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, options didn't come to me in many these past years. So I love the fact that I have the option. If I decide not to have the second female child, um, I will have to give that back to my donors so they can make the decision of who else should get it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I get it. It's their, it's biologically their embryo. And I think that they're amazing people for giving this opportunity to somebody else like me. And if they want to make the decision who that goes to, I'm fine with that. Mm. that was another Do you thing. have a limit? Like, is there a limit of like when you need to decide by no, or like, no, okay. No. They did not give me any, any limit. They just said, you know, they just said to me in the, in our legal agreement that if I should choose not to proceed with having the second embryo, that I would return it to them and they would be making a decision of another family to give it to. That's interesting. I haven't heard of that before. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So they have two children. They have two boys. They had four embryos still left. I have two. Mm -hmm. And there are two other families out there that have a boy and a girl. And so my, I'm having a boy. So my son already has 
three brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they are all 21, they are allowed to meet, you know, if they want to, if they don't want to, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I can only, I can only raise my child the best that I can with me and my husband giving him everything that he could possibly want in life. And I feel as though I am older. And if he chooses to, I don't want to say find family because we will be his family and we have a very large family. But if he chooses to be friends with brothers and sisters of his, I wouldn't want to stop that Mm -hmm. because I would hope that when he reaches the age of 21, I have made him feel very secure with himself that no matter what we are his mother and his father, Mm -hmm. that, you know, nobody else is going to take away his family unit, they can only add to it. And what's wrong with more people that love you in this world? Nothing. Like mm-hmm. more people, the better. Yeah. I do, I do worry about how I tell him this and at what age, but you know, I have friends who actually my amazing lawyer told me that there it's it's incredible the kind of books that are out there about how you know how do two lesbian moms tell their children about you know who their father is and mm-hmm. how you know two gay males tell their child who their mother their their child's mother is i i just feel like you don't keep secrets from a child you tell mm-hmm. them from the beginning um mm-hmm. And you tell them that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think normalizing it as early as possible is really important. Yeah, I actually have a children's book coming out about IVF later well, this year. I'm gonna, and I'm going to read that one. Yeah, but it's all about, you know, my son finding out and figuring out what is IVF and all that stuff, you know. And um, again, I think there's just not enough resources still. And so the more, the better in my mind. And, you know, I'm hoping it will become a series and it will be all different family building journeys, including embryo adoption. So maybe we'll tell your story. (laughs) If if I can help in any sort of way. Yeah. I mean, I am just waiting for, I'm just waiting to find the right other woman out there who is like looking for another option of having a child and she's going to hear my story and mm-hmm. she's going to have the same opportunity as I have. Yeah. I never, I never heard of embryo adoption. I, even in the beginning when I was going to doctors to find the right doctor to take care of me, um, they never heard of embryo adoption. You're kidding. No, no. That like, blows my mind. It, it blew my mind because they were like, wait, so you adopted an embryo? And I was like, yeah, doesn't everybody know about this? And they're like, oh, my oh, God. No. And I was like, oh, OK. But yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that there's that one woman out there that hears this story who is like me and going through all of this, whether she's married, single, a lesbian, I don't care. Just as long as somebody else gets the opportunity like I got. guys and thank you again to heather pissarro definitely check out 
embryo adoption. She worked with embryosolution.com. So you can check them out if you'd like. And also don't forget to check out Fertility Rally if you're looking for a community, support groups. We have private Facebook groups. We have events, both virtual and IRL. It's just a community of badasses who are really there to help each other navigate the shittiest, shittiest times. We are not called the worst club with the best members for nothing. So definitely check us out on Instagram at Fertility Rally. Check out our website at fertilityrally.com. Save the date too for our next Fertility Rally live, totally free virtual event, which is happening on October 21st, 2023. So that is coming up soon and it's gonna be awesome. We have a really, really, really good keynote speaker that we will announce soon. And, um, yeah, you can also check me out on info lay of stories on Instagram too. If you guys have any questions or need anything, but just sending love to anybody who's having a tough time and I will talk to you guys next time. Everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.